Welcome to Men Alive, a biblical journey to help us conform to the image of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks. Our teacher is my longtime friend, Dr. Jim Cunningham, consultant in adult education, director of Go Teach Global, and author of the book, Men Alive. Dr. Jim. Paul, people know that you and I love to laugh, so they send us humorous stories and jokes. One friend sent me a picture of a husband standing in his kitchen washing dishes, and he asks his wife standing nearby, where in the Bible does it say that it's a man's job to wash dishes? To which his wife replies, 2 Kings 21.13, which says, I shall wipe Jerusalem as a man wipeth a dish, wiping it and turning it upside down. Well, I thought that was humorous, so I sent it to a friend who enjoys a joke. His wife and my wife are serious students of the Bible. So I said to him, we need to be careful as husbands in case our wives get ahead of us in their Bible knowledge. Back came his reply. Thanks for sharing, Jim, but that needs to be read in the context of a man's powers of delegation as referenced in Psalm 105.21. He made him lord of his house and ruler over all his possessions. I had a good laugh and then looked up the context of Psalm 105. It says that Pharaoh set Joseph free from prison and he, Pharaoh, made him, Joseph, lord of his house and ruler over all his possessions. Both verses were taken out of context. I remember what our professors at seminary used to say, context, context, context. We must examine scripture in context to keep it accurate. One teacher said, a verse in the Bible taken out of context can become a pretext for a false teaching. Here's an example from the life of Jesus, and I'm looking at the last part of Matthew chapter 3. Jesus was baptized by John in the Jordan River, and Scripture says the Spirit of God descended on him like a dove, and a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved Son, who brings me great joy. The next verse says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For forty days and forty nights he fasted and became very hungry. Some of our listeners may have fasted for forty days. Most have not but one would become very hungry after 40 days without food. So what does Satan do? He comes along and tests Jesus when he is at his weakest. Listen to what the Bible says. During that time, the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. The devil basically is saying, Hey, Jesus, if you are the Son of God, and if you have the power to do anything, since you are hungry, Go ahead, turn these stones into bread. Our enemy likes to attack us in an area where we are weak. The devil will also tempt us in areas where we have the power to do what he is tempting us to do. Otherwise, it would not be a temptation. Does that make sense? Sure, and I love how Jesus responds. He quotes scripture to Satan and says, No, the scripture says... People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus passes test number one by quoting scripture to Satan. Now look what happens in test number two. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point in the temple and said, If you are the Son of God, jump off. And then Satan adds, 
For the scriptures say, He will order his angels to protect you, and they will hold you up in their hands, so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Satan is a total deceiver. Satan has read the Bible. He knows what it says. He could even quote Psalm 91, 11, and 12 from memory, and almost correctly. Satan quotes a verse of scripture to Jesus to convince Jesus that the Bible says it's okay to jump off the tower and he would be protected by angels. Because it does say that, correct? Yes, sort of, but Satan the deceiver left out a portion of scripture in that verse. The passage says, he will order his angels to protect you, and here's the part Satan left out, to keep you in all your ways. Jesus would only be protected if he was doing what God directed him to do, not some crazy publicity stunt that Satan arranged to deceive him. Exactly. This would be expecting God to perform according to the wishes of Jesus. But Jesus always submitted to the will of his Father. So when Satan misquoted scripture, Jesus did not argue with Satan. Jesus just quoted a higher scriptural principle to Satan. The scriptures also say, you must not test the Lord your God. And that is the beauty of scripture. Whenever someone misquotes a scripture verse or Bible principle, the key is not to argue with them, but direct them to a verse of scripture that gives them God's higher principle. You are listening to Men Alive with Dr. Jim Cunningham from Go Teach Global. We've prepared a special free PDF document of the third edition of our book, Standing Strong Through the Storm. We can send you this by email, and we'd really like you to have a copy. It's easy. Just email Dr. Jim at menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. Ask for your PDF copy of the Standing Strong book. Dr. Jim would be so encouraged to hear from you today. Contact him at menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. Now comes Jesus' third test. Next the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him, for the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Again, Jesus uses scripture to defeat Satan. I find a couple of fascinating principles about the scriptures that Jesus used. First, all three verses he quoted were from the book of Deuteronomy. Chapter 8, verse 3, chapter 6, verse 16, and then chapter 6, 13. Now comes the fascinating part for every man listening today. Those verses that Jesus had memorized were from the Pentateuch, which consists of the first five books of the Hebrew Bible, what Christians refer to as the Old Testament. This included Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Every Jewish boy had an obligation to study and even memorize these five books by the age of 12. Luke chapter 2 records these words starting at verse 41. Listen as Paul reads them. Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. When they had finished the days, as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother did not know it. 
But supposing him to have been in the company, they went on a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now so it was that after three days they found him in the temple sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed, and his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. A Jewish boy would have been questioned about his knowledge of the Pentateuch when he reached the age of 12, the age a boy entered into manhood. Today this is called a bar mitzvah and happens when a boy is considered accountable for his actions about the age of 13. Jesus had memorized and studied every word in the book of Deuteronomy. His parents found him after three days in the temple, sitting among the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. Three days. That is amazing. A 12-year-old boy sitting with the temple teachers, listening and asking them questions. A very Jewish way of learning, to ask questions. So men, we have a need to have scripture memorized to use against the enemy's attacks. Notice what happened after Jesus defeated Satan using scripture he had memorized. Then the devil went away, and angels came and took care of Jesus. When we teach our Standing Strong Through the Storm seminar, we have a whole section on resisting Satan. The key verse is James 4, 7. Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That's exactly what happened with Jesus. The bad news is that Satan always seems to come back later, usually when we least expect him. Tell us a bit more from SSTS, Paul. Our adversary, Satan, tries to misinform, confuse, and deceive believers in every way possible. He also tries to capitalize on our disposition to fear. But the Holy Spirit, who is the Spirit of Truth, can expose all Satan's lies and give us the courage we need if we seek his guidance. We can call upon our Lord to rebuke him, as it says in Jude, verse 9. And our key verse is Revelation 12, 10, and 11, where it says Satan has been defeated by three things, the blood of the Lamb, our Savior Jesus Christ, by our testimony, letting Satan know we are children of the Lord Jesus Christ, and by not being afraid to die. No fear of death. Some people seem to want to unhitch the Old Testament and just study the New Testament, or just study the words of Jesus, or the Sermon on the Mount, or only the Pauline epistles. How would we answer these folks? 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. All scripture means all scripture. Biblical principles 
are universal, transcultural, and eternal. I want to repeat that for our listeners. Biblical principles are universal, transcultural, and eternal. That's why we read and memorize and study the whole Bible. There you have it, men. We follow Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life, becoming like him in our thoughts, our words, and our actions. Don't forget to request the free special PDF document of the third edition of our book, Standing Strong Through the Storm. Send your email to menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. That's menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. Men Alive is a production of Go Teach Global. For more information, we invite you to visit our website at goteachglobal.com. There you will find all of our Men Alive past programs as well. goteachglobal.com. Until next time, I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks, on behalf of Dr. Jim Cunningham, encouraging you to be Men Alive, conformed to the image of Jesus Christ.